Hello and welcome to episode two of the Payoff Podcast. I am here with Amanda Foster and Matt Sabri. Amanda, how are you feeling today? I'm doing well, Luke. How are you? I'm not doing too bad myself. All right, Matt, how about you? How are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing good. A little cold. Alrighty, unfortunately, a little cold. Yeah, it, it as as one does, as one does. All right, we are here to talk some Indiana women's basketball. And first thing is first. We do have to talk about that NC State loss. Amanda, what went wrong? Okay, well, to put it quite simply, the ball did not like the basket for Indiana. Um, they said, <laughs> they said. I mean, to be fair, um, they said in the post-game press conference that they had good lucks, but the ball just didn't go in. And so if you had to pick one thing, that would definitely be the main issue. Yeah, they, they just had a lot of issues there. I mean, the ball definitely did not like the basket. All right, Matt, what did you see that kind of went wrong in the NC State loss? Yeah, I mean, they obviously held their own through most of it. They just kind of let it get away from them there right at the end. Uh, just not getting enough points down the stretch, not getting enough stops down the stretch led to NC State just being able to pull away with that one. All right, so obviously something did went, go wrong. They lost, but... Things go well, there's a silver lining and everything. Amanda, what went well? Well, like Matt said, the game was close until the fourth quarter, basically. And Mackenzie Holmes was kind of the entire team. Because um, she had 24 points and they scored... Oh gosh, how many points was it? 58. So she had 24 points and then the rest of the team had whatever that math is, I don't know. Uh, off the top of my head. And so she she was strong and she showed how well she can perform on her own even when the rest of her team is not necessarily doing their best, which I think is a good sign for her and for the team itself because she can be that support that they need. Oof. As we do know, one player cannot beat a team. Unfortunately, sometimes. All right. Uh, what went well to you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, Amanda already kind of touched on it there. They, they hung with them, and obviously this NC State team is, you know, they're number two in the country. This is a team that's probably going to be competing for the Final Four. To be able to hang with them, you know, until the very end there, that shows the team has resiliency. Um, and, yeah, obviously Mackenzie Holmes was very good, but... Uh, as you said, one player does not make a team. I mean, there was a point there until the third quarter. She had more points than, like, the rest of her teammates combined. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's phenomenal to be able to carry your team that much, but uh, it's not going to cut it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so, moving on. Speaking of silver linings, ah, yikes, Penn State. Um Okay, so this answer might be a bit long considering it was that game, but Amanda, what went well? Well, okay, first of all, they won, which is always a good thing, especially in your first Big Ten team. Whoever whoever it is, beating a Big Ten team is a good thing. Um, obviously, we can't not talk about Nicole Cardano-Hillary because there was at one point in the game where she was like on a technically not really, but a quadruple double watch because she was at like five or six whatever assists, rebounds, um, steals, and then obviously double digits and points. Um, and so she didn't finish with the most amount of points, but she did obviously make an impact. And Terry Moran talked about that. And she didn't talk about it herself, Nicole, um, but Mackenzie Holmes did. And <laughs> she kind of jumped in. And just having the confidence to come back because she didn't play well against NC State at all going over 10. And then she comes back and she is one of the higher scoring players on the team, and she showed, Luke, you and I talked about this in the last podcast, about how her defense was good, but it didn't necessarily 
totally seemed like it was her defense. It was just like defense. But in this game, I noticed that she was very strong. She was very aggressive, um, getting offensive rebounds when she's five six, um, and stealing the ball in the middle of the court and doing a lot of good things like that. I think without her, they wouldn't have won. Yeah, pretty wild that like the shortest member of the team was one like pulling in all those rebounds. And as we know, shoot or shoot. I mean, the shots aren't falling. Yeah. You got to keep putting them up. Eventually, some will fall. All right, moving on. Uh, Matt, what went well against Penn State? Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, the, the shoot-or-shoot comment, and uh, Amanda touched on this, how Mackenzie Holmes basically said, you know, I trust her even if she's missed seven to take that eighth shot. Um, I think that speaks a lot about uh, the trust the team has in Cardano Hillard, just even though she had that off night um, against NC State, to just get back on track, and she certainly did. And then uh, Mackenzie Holmes led the team in scoring again, um, as she's done now three games in a row. Uh, that's obviously a bright spot. And then just in general, you know, not playing down to your opponent. They The game was never close. After that first 90 seconds, the game was just an absolute de de demolition. Um, so, yeah, just starting off uh, the conference play with such a strong showing, I think, is a, it's a strong statement game. Oh, just to, to add to that and what you said, I like what you said about not playing down your opponent because they finished shooting over 50% even though they had five people come off the bench by the end of the game. It was like there are no starters left on the floor and that's never happened for Indiana this season. And so we talked about not having a lot of reliability from the bench and while I think that could still be somewhat questioned because you come in against Penn State with such a big lead. Um, was good to give them more time, and Caitlin Peterson played a decent amount um, and seemed to be playing fairly well for being a freshman and not playing very often. Um, and so I think I was impressed by the fact that they were able to keep their shooting percentage up without their starters in. Yeah, there was just so much dominance against Penn State. I felt a bit of pity. I kind of felt bad from a bit. It's like, man, it's like, yeah. is there going to be any mercy? But no team is perfect. No game is perfect. What went wrong? I thought that Grace Berger was not necessarily being Grace Berger. Um, she she got ten points. Like for her, for Grace Berger to get ten points and still not be what people kind of think she is, I think is is kind of big. She didn't seem to have a huge um, impact on the game, and that sounds kind of bad because she is a starter and she did play well. But I think she's kind of missing an aspect of her being able to dominate like she did last year. And even in the beginning of the season, it feels like there's something that's missing a little bit for her right now. And I think that did kind of come out against Penn State. Yeah, Grace, aside from the two buzzer burgers, uh, TM, uh, <laughs> she's been, Grace Burger's been a bit quiet lately. It's been an interesting thing just because she's been such a great facilitator of that offense. But others have kind of picked up the slack for her and as Morin says, there are other ways to contribute. She's been pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Matt, what did you see that went wrong against Penn State? Uh, they, I mean, IU started off slow there. In those first 90 seconds, they got the first, won the tip, got the first bucket of the game, but then allowed an offensive rebound and then committed back-to-back -back turnovers that Penn State scored on. And, I mean, Terry Morton was forced to call a timeout 90 seconds into the game. You never want to call a timeout 90 seconds into the game. So uh, they obviously got back on track after that, but uh, starting slow is in this conference, you know, that's not something they can keep doing and expect to win games. 
Yeah, they really kind of got, got there. You really just do not want to call a timeout that soon into the game. I mean, yes, they responded well, but this team has kind of shown it can have those slow starts where it has to come crawling back. Of, co of course, it didn't have to do that against Penn State because it came storming back, but it's something to watch here on out. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to have to rely on some big halftime pep talk to get you back into the game. Absolutely. All right. Moving on, Fairfield. What do you think that the viewer should watch for, Amanda? Well, I think, so going into it, I didn't know very much about Fairfield, so I've done my research a little bit. Um, but So they're currently 3-4, and four, and they're on a two-game losing streak. Um, they consistently have scored, like, around 60 points. I think their average is maybe 61 or 62. So I think, first of all, I think people, like, normal viewers who are Indiana fans are probably just off the bat thinking that this isn't going to be a super competitive game because people know Indiana and not very many people know Fairfield simply because it's in Connecticut and not in the same conference and not really like one of the big teams in the country. Um, but I would, I think it's going to be more competitive than people think it will be. Um, but I think Indiana could potentially given, depending on how Fairfield's defense is, could really outscore them by a lot if Fairfield stays in their 60-point scoring range. But, of course, that then would also depend on how good Indiana's defense is. And we have seen them be very good, and we have seen them not be very good. And so I think it's going to be a little bit more back and forth than people might think. Yeah, there has been times when the defense has kind of shrugged over the course of this season. That's really what the team is trying to build their identity around. So that's always a concerning factor. All right. Matt, what are you watching for against Fairfield? Yeah, uh, I think I'll be looking to see how they slow down uh, Fairfield's star, the uh, leading scorer, um, Lou Lopez Senechal. Senechal. Okay. Um, <laughs> is, uh, is, I mean, she's averaging almost 19 points a game. We saw how uh, McKenna Marissa started the game for Penn State. She scored 13 of their 15 first points and IU just wasn't able to slow her down early on. Uh, they obviously were able to fix that and slow her down to win the game, but you know, being able to shut down these star players, uh, especially for a team like a Penn State or a Fairfield, where they are oftentimes a more one-dimensional team than, say, IU, who has all five starters scoring in double digits on every game. Yeah, you really, really do have to look for those stars, those leading scorers that can really just decimate you when you least expect it. Like, you have to be on your game all the time. You just can't let something like that sneak up on you. All right, predictions, hot takes. Amanda? So I kind of touched on it, on this about how I think the game is going to be close. I think Indiana will manage to pull out a win. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be like a nail-biter, but I think it will still be competitive. Um, I think that we might see more of Caitlin Peterson off the bench like we did against Penn State just because she went in fairly early into that game for it being a Big Ten game. Um, and so I think that shows how Terry Moore kind of has a little bit more confidence in her bench. Um, that said, I think Chloe Moore McNeil could also make an appearance. However, and I, I know that I have at least talked about this with other people, that she is hesitant to shoot the ball and she would prefer to pass it and find open teammates. And so I think if she comes in, she'll come in to be more of that facilitator rather than coming in to be the one shooting the ball. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Matt? Yeah, um, I don't think it'll be a very close game. Uh, this is an IU team that's proved themselves so far this season. They've hung with some of the best teams in the country uh, while pretty much putting most other teams away fairly handily. And 
they've uh, the team IU actually has a bit of a break here between the Penn State and Fairfield game, which is their first sort of substantial few day break where they're not traveling at all. And uh, Terry Morton touched on this after the game, where she said she wants to use this little break here at home to really focus on fixing up the things that have plagued the team early in the season. Um, and so I think that uh, combined with just being the superior uh, team will lead to a bit of a blowout. But in turn, that'll lead to a lot, as Amanda said, of the players who aren't starters getting a lot more runtime uh, and potentially being able to show something we haven't seen in them so far this season. Yeah, we really, really could use more looks at the bench, just their scoring opportunities. I mean, the bench players do contribute on defense, but not so much on offense. All right. Let's take a bit of a gander into the future. Ohio State. Fun name to say. Um, what is up with the Buckeyes? Amanda. Okay, so currently they're 7-1, and one, but they haven't played any big ranked teams, so it's hard to kind of judge a team's success so early in the season. However, they are averaging 87.8 points a game, and they're holding their opponents to 58.4 points. So, that's a very big scoring margin, and obviously a lot goes into that, but I think that is definitely something to keep an eye out for, because if one team has an off night, be that Ohio State or Indiana, it could go one way or another, I think. Um, And so I think that is going to be a big thing. Fair points, fair points. All right, Matt, what do you see in the Buckeyes? Yeah, I mean... Amanda kind of covered it already. They're, they're the 20th ranked team in the country, uh, but they haven't really shown anything this season because they haven't had the opportunity to show much this season. They're you know, 1-0 in Big Ten play, just like IU. Played a, played a Purdue team that they were expected to beat, and they beat them. Um, have only lost to Syracuse. It's, I mean, this will be a, a real... Uh, a real show of how competitive IU will be in this conference. I mean, the Big Ten's a tough, tough conference to do well in. So, you know, you beat Penn State, sure, cool. But can you hang with an Ohio State? Can you hang with these better teams like a Maryland who are the perennial contenders who you really have to be able to hang with if you want to go far? All right, excellent, excellent. All right, that should about wrap up our episode here. Thank you so much for tuning in, supporting student journalism. My name is Elsie Norton, and this has been the Payoff Podcast.